Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I'm your host, Austin, one of the pastors here at Redemption Chapel. And excited to have on the mics with me, as always, most of our episodes. Pastor Rick, our lead pastor, how you doing, man? Good, brother. Good to be back. It was fun listening to last month's episode as you were on with two of our missionaries. and mm-hmm. So I wasn't on the mic then, but I loved listening to that. That was a great episode, but yeah. glad to be back. Yeah. And then we have our associate pastor, one of our associate pastors, Jared. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good. We yeah. just uh, cleaned out our lost and found bin, so I am up a really nice uh, free country jacket, so... Oh, got, got a new jacket nice. in the repertoire. So if that is yours, yeah. if you have a black free country jacket, you have about a week to email me. If not, I have squatter's rights in that jacket. It's been in the lost and found long enough. So, <laughs> so I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, we're we're recording this episode. It's uh, We're like less than a week away from Christmas, which is wild, but this is going to be coming out in January. So if you're listening, hopefully you had a good Christmas, New Year's, uh, but we are uh, releasing this in January, and so I want to kind of hear from you guys real quick as we start into this new year, 2024, what are, what's a goal? Like, what's something this year you're excited about either hitting or finishing, like a goal you have for this year? Yeah, it's funny. I, I'm trying really hard not to say lose weight, but that really is. Like, I just need to drop a couple LBs, but... Actually, this morning, we were on the way. I was driving my daughter to school, and we were, there's like a window, and we need to get to school earlier. You know, it's chaotic, getting the kids ready, getting lunches, getting out of the house. So getting out of the house early, so we're not like, you know, I'm tempted to like cut people off and like fly <laughs> through the school line. So we want to get on the front end. I'm not, we're not late. It's not bad. But we want to get there earlier to school. So that's, that's one of my goals starting the new year. Just cover yeah, up the redemption sticker. If yeah, you're yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. <laughs> and, and at first, I wasn't following you because I thought you were dropping weight, but it's getting to school early, and I'm like, are you running? <laughs> like, That's one of those connected. Yeah. You, know, like, you will hit the goal. <laughs> exactly. Uh, for me, I want to finish my desk. So when Caleb moved out, his bedroom became a study for me, and we've completely done the room. It's a great space with one exception – I, I made Shannon, you both have seen this beautiful live edge desk I made, Shannon. I'm jealous of it. I bought the slab for myself. I need to do it. Right now I have a card table as a desk in there, and it's just horrible. And so I, I, but I've been putting it off, putting it off. So in 2024, I need to finish that and crank it out. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, for me, uh, I uh, want to do my first half marathon this year, so... This is accountability if you're listening. No, if I don't do it, you can hold me to it. But uh, yeah, I enjoy running and I've done a lot of shorter races, but I've never done a half. So this is the year I'm going to put it, so. accountability of time. Are you going to say try to do it in two hours or oh, are we not putting uh, that on no, record? I don't, I'm not putting that on record. Okay. So I'm putting <laughs> on record I want to do it. I have something in my mind, okay. but I'm not going to put that out for the but public. But still, this is your first half, right? I mean, yeah. I feel like it's finished. True. You know, like, yeah. man, that's just an accomplishment. Yeah, if you do a finish. half or a full, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I want to finish. I, I mean, I know I'm not going to be, like, top, obviously, but I'll, I, I want to finish in a reasonable time. So I got my pace in mind. All right. We'll Dude, try I've run it, a so. marathon. 
It was spread over a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was my time. One year. One year. <laughs> yeah. One hey, year. You can put the desk off for a year and join me on the half, and then you can lose pen. We can all do it together, guys. It'll yes. work yeah. out. <laughs> hey, don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. Maybe uh, someone's listening to this, and you know, we it's a new year. Maybe someone has a goal of like, man, I need to get back in church, or I need to go to church consistently. And so really what we want to dive into on this podcast as we begin this year uh, is church attendance. Why is it important? Uh, what we, how it should look? What should you do? Like, we just want to dive into, uh, yeah, why it's important for believers. Now, uh, before we get into it, I think there's one thing we have to acknowledge is what we're ta- we're not talking about uh, just Americans going to church. We all know if you look it up online, the stats bear it out, like Americans are going to church less now than they did in years past. And a lot of that is just the shift of the culture. We're living in a more of a post-Christian America. Mm-hmm. So people that are cultural Christians, if you're like, you know, I go to church because my family goes and I just think I should, or you're in this kind of comfortable Christianity where you check that box on Sundays, uh, we're not necessarily concerned about that because in reality, Culture is pushing those people out. COVID pushed a lot of those people out. Sure. Um, so we're not talking about just Americans going to church uh, as far as attendance. So, Rick, for you, when we, because you and I kicked this around, so what are we trying to get at in this podcast if it's not that? Yeah, we are talking about Christians not going to church, not Americans not going to church. Because, you know, as you were pointing out, Austin, you know, back in the day, Non-Christians, it was just culturally the thing to do to go to church. Sunday was sacred. Everybody in the culture went to church. That was the thing. Now, post-Christian, Americans don't do that. That's not our concern. My concern would be more, well, not more, it is. It is specifically that Christians, Bible-believing, disciples of Jesus, love Jesus, want to walk with Jesus, publicly identify with Jesus, love church, value church. I, I am a church-going Christian. Raise your hand for that. And then those people are going to church less frequently. So it used to be that a regular attender was a Christian who went to church maybe three times a week. You know, that old school model of Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So multiple times a week, that was a regular attender. And then it became just once a week, just Sunday morning. And then it became twice a month. And now a regular attender is often thought of as one who goes to church once a month. So for disciples of Jesus, believers like that, the frequency of church attendance has been going down and down. And that's the stats bear it out. So Gallup did a poll. They're always doing polls. The percent of people who attend church monthly, just once a month, has been relatively flat for like the last two decades. Since 2000, it's been hovering around 11%. But those uh, who then would go weekly, that has been dropping. In, in the same time, since 2000, it's gone from 32% down to 20%. And that's quite a drop. Hmm. And so now we're not talking about Americans. Well, I mean, somewhat, but, but, we're, but we're talking about Christians. That church attendance is dropping hard. Yeah, that's a good clarification as we kind of get into this. So, so we're talking about Christians and church attendance is really what we're getting 100%. at. Yeah. And my guess is people who call Redemption Home, who listen to this podcast right now, you guys know, you're probably sitting there going, yeah, he's talking about me. That um, I would guess a lot of our people uh, on average are maybe twice a month. 
I don't know. I'm that's totally anecdotal. I'm guessing. What do you guys think? I mean, there are some people that come to mind. You know, if we open the door Sunday, they're here every time. Okay. <laughs> yes. But I'm talking on average. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think on average, and then it just falls back to statistics. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I would have no reason to believe that RC is fundamentally different than most churches, and that that is the average, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, once or twice a month, I feel like. Yeah, I'm we're good. not doing this for those poor churches out there, <laughs> and our poop don't stink. <laughs> uh, it's not it, you know. Yeah. So, so as we get into this, I think we could start here for, I would love to hear what you guys think about, uh, so we're talking about Christians and church attendance, and obviously the stats show it, like even people who claim to be Christians, uh, believe the Bible, love Jesus, they're not always going to church like we would think. Mm-hmm. So, so what are some of the reasons, like why, why are Christians not attending church weekly or regular? Right, and now, boy... There are a host of different factors and influences and reasons that I think flow into this. Now, one of the very understandable, legitimate reasons is medical. So for some people, maybe you just you have the flu that week. So it could be just short-term flu, cold, I'm out. Could be a uh, quote-unquote shut-in, uh, some debilitating disease, and you're never going to be able to make it. And so something like live streaming or whatever is such a blessing to you. Uh, but there is a medical reason that is totally legit and understandable. I like where we started that. You know, this isn't just purely just guilting. 100%. Get to church more. Like we're starting with, okay, well, what are some of the possibly good reasons? I always think of the, you know, maybe the, you know, business person who travels for work. And yeah, you're maybe once a month, you're out of town. Nobody's knocking you for not, you know, you're not here. And so... That's a legitimate part of, you know, not showing up locally if you're out of town and you travel once, twice a month, whatever it is. And the funny thing is, and I th- we, we will go on for a while with other reasons, and I think we just exhausted the good ones <laughs> that hard and fast, even on the travel thing. So, yeah, obviously, if you're traveling for business, whatever. As I did a little bit of research on this, it's interesting. The affluence of Americans has gone up. There's a shrinking middle class. Now, you hear that and you go, uh-oh. No, the, pro- the, the reason the middle class is shrinking is more and more have shifted into the upper class. So as far as personal disposable income, it's at an all-time record high for Americans. What's that have to do with this discussion? That means travel happens a lot more. If you think about when you were a child, people didn't travel as much. Now you have a lot more disposable income, and that allows people to travel more often. So now we're not just talking work travel, but sometimes people, oh, yeah, we're going here. Yeah, we're going there. We're flying there. We're doing this. We're going on this camping. And, and so now we just – church takes a back seat, and I go to church a whole lot less now because of affluence and leisure travel. So the travel thing on the work I get, but then yeah. even on that, it can open up into a whole different corridor. Yeah, even you saying that, I wonder how much now with remote work, it's probably even less and less. I mean, I got to get there. I mean, mm-hmm. so as much as I do think, yeah, we're saying, okay, there's some legitimacy there, but that's probably less and less, whether it be personal travel, but also people don't need to travel anymore. People are more okay with remote work and they're not out of town. They're just, you know, zooming in. Well, and by you saying that, brother, that brings up the whole COVID influence, right? And so that impacted church attendance a whole lot. And there were some sets like... Uh, what Barna uh, did a study and found that 16% of people who were regular attenders, church attenders pre-COVID, no longer attend church. They've dipped. 16%. That's a 
big, big a chunk. Yeah. You know, that's not that's not nothing. So on average, churches are at about eighty-five percent of their pre-pandemic levels. And again, so we're not. This is an America. These are yeah. Christians who are committed, who are going to church regularly, have dipped and not returned. And so I, I, I think a lot of them, they, they, when they stopped going for COVID, they said, of course, I'll go back after the pandemic. And many of them didn't. And so I, I'm concerned for them. One of my concerns there is that it, what it reveals is a heart problem uh, because um, I, I don't think it's just pandemic related. As I gave stats earlier, this is a two-decade problem, not a 2020 problem. Right, so it's not just a couple years old; it's a couple decades old. So this has been going on for a long time. So I don't think we can just blame it on the pandemic. And really, if you're a disciple, uh, a, a pandemic might make it so that you're you can't go to church for a couple months. But it shouldn't. If you're a disciple, it shouldn't knock you out of going to church. And so I, I'm I'm afraid that what what the pandemic did, and, and I guess let me put a point on it with this. I think it revealed hearts, not changed hearts. So so if somebody got knocked out of church attendance because of the pandemic, I think there was probably a heart problem pre-pandemic. I can't I can't say that's true in every case. Heck no, that that would be unfair. But I wonder if that's not true, broad stroke. And I think that's where some of it, even as we talk statistics, we can panic by them. In some ways, I, I see good in that as well. It's just like, nobody's going to church. People don't. In some ways, if it did, did reveal thing, reveal Legit. things, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. In some ways, you know, it's just like everything's crashing. Well, actually, I think just some things are clarifying, that's which good. isn't always bad. So some of it, it may have revealed. And I'm not saying this is everybody, but it may have revealed, wow, I wasn't really a Christian. I was just a nominal Christian. Now there's not pressure to go, and I just don't go anymore. And I... And I think sometimes in the church we can panic and the culture and everything's going, but in the end, man, to clarify, okay, who's really on the team? Who's really disciples? Like, I think that's a good result that could come out of that. And that clarity, I mean, clarity to me is usually a good thing. 100%. That's a good word, Jared. I, I love that. I mean, you know, that phrase, reality is your friend. Right. Reality is your friend. So. Uh, another th- factor, just to keep us moving here, uh, people have been stung by organized religion. Uh, whether it's scandals in the church or in Christian leadership of some kind, or whether they themselves directly have experienced church hurt. Uh, There's a lot more talk about church hurt these days. I don't know if it happens more often or if it's being talked about more often or both. Uh, But either way, uh, that's a factor in people, uh, Christians going to church less. And in light of that, of course, we just want to empathize. If you have been stung by church, we are so, so sad for you and sorry. Uh, And Jesus is perfect. His bride is not. And our strong encouragement to you would be uh, to find another church. And, and, And really what I want to encourage you to do is do what you do in most other areas of life. If you have a bad restaurant experience, you probably still go to restaurants, just not to that one. If you have a bad barber you get a new barber. You don't swear off haircuts. You know what I mean? And so if you had a bad church experience, don't swear off churches. Swear off that church. Find another. Any thoughts there? Another one coming up? Yeah, no, I, I think that is good. It even speaks to value. Wait a minute. No, I really value going out to eat. So mm-hmm. I'm willing to push through and risk another bad meal because I'm not willing to give this up. Am I willing to give that up? You know. But the, I don't know, the other one, probably churches, we need to be on the hook for this too. I think of... I don't know how anybody goes to like outdoor live sports. Like you can't 
I love the NFL, but to sit out, you know, I'm, I'm looking outside in the snow and frigid. Part of the reason is they've made the home product so good. I mean, why would I go do that when the home product and TVs and and I think, you know, we've gone there with live streaming. It's just way too convenient to stay home. And man, we've done a great job with live streams and the home product so good. Man, it's just that much more comfortable to stay home. And why inconvenience myself of going to a you know place and getting a parking spot? So it's just, just more convenient to stay home. Yeah, and Pastor Austin, I think you're bringing us back to live streaming maybe later in the podcast to talk about that specifically. But but uh, Pastor Jerry, you're spot on, man. That, that comfort and convenience. Uh, some of that, I think, is, for some people, it's just... Uh, you got used to during the pandemic just sitting on your couch in your jammies with your coffee and a bagel and I just and I don't have to get the kids dressed and in the car and fight traffic and and so it is a so now discipleship is not driving the bus but comfort and convenience is let's just be honest and call it what it is yep uh, but now for other people, they, like I I spoke to somebody on the phone recently they just got out of rhythm Something came up, they stopped going to church, and they got out of the rhythm of every Sunday getting up and going to church, and they just, they're having a hard time. It's almost like working out. When you're in a rhythm of working out and you stop, you have to work back into the rhythm. And so sometimes it's comfort and convenience. Sometimes they just got knocked out of it. Yeah, so it's schedules too. You get other things come up in the schedule, and mm-hmm. you know, that gets knocked down, and you have other things going on. And so, yeah. Well, and you know what? You also, you mentioned live streaming. Again, we'll talk about that later, but that makes me even think of a consumer mentality. So it might be the reason I don't attend a church in person is because I just love tuning into such and such church. And so it's very much a meet my entertainment needs consumer kind of driven approach to Christianity that I think that can be one of the factors that cuts into it. Yeah, and it's funny, even as we do this, right, we can go almost on forever, but there's a side of me, it's, I don't know, even as we're talking, it's like, even just for people to reflect, right? Like, we're going through all these bullet points. As soon as we started, I'm sure a couple people instantly, like you already said, were like, I think they're talking about me. (laughs) You know, and if that's you and you're listening, and man, you've fallen into once a month, once every other month, just think about it. Okay, what is it? Why? I think some of it, I would say, is we don't even think about it. It just happens, you know, and we Legit. fall out. So what is it? What is it for you that's kept you from kind of being a regular church attender? Yeah, that's a great word, man, because we're, we're not looking to throw shade at people, but to help people become better disciples. And we, we love you and we want the best for you. Uh, but pretty much we can just throw Pastor Austin under the bus because he asked the question, so we're yeah, just sure. answering it. And, wh- and I'll tell you what, I one agree. of the things I think we I'm have I'm at church to- every Sunday. So. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, one biggie, though, that, that I think is worth mentioning uh, is the idol of children that has really creeped up in our culture in the last 20 years, um, where children's activities and travel sports and stuff like that. Now, some of it is a cultural change that— 20, 30 years ago, those activities didn't happen on Sunday. And as our culture becomes more post-Christian, more often than not, they're scheduled on Sunday. So there's a conflict for families. But there is a priority thing being lived out in the family that the travel sports or whatever activity starts to run the family finances and the family schedule, and Jesus takes uh, a seat in the back. And uh, so I think the idol of children can do that. 
Another thing that can happen is uh, parachurch uh, can replace church. So whether some parachurch ministry that I or my family that we're involved in, uh, that swaps out for church in a way that it isn't and shouldn't and doesn't really replace it. And one of those can be private schools. So some, uh, sometimes what happens for families in our congregation is they have become so um, in, just woven into a Christian private school that that almost becomes a church replacement for them and for their children in a way that it actually isn't and shouldn't be. Uh, and, and I know I could possibly step on some toes with that, but, but I'm, I love you and i got to be honest. Any others come to mind for you, brother? No, I mean, like I said, we we can go on forever, sure. and there's yeah. any number, you know, some more or less legitimate reasons, yeah. but yeah, yeah. And I think as we, you know, like I said, we could spend spend a whole podcast on that. But I mean, you guys have, as you kind of go through those, you said, "Hey, church, church, church." Now, how do we define that? Because you know, I think we as pastors, we kind of get have an idea. But for the listener, like when they think about a local church. From the scriptures, what does that mean? What does it look like? How do you define that? So one of the things that come up it comes up is the difference between the church global and the church local. So when somebody becomes a believer in Jesus, like legit is adopted by God, they are automatically a part of the church. But that's a capital C church, the global church, the body of Christ. But then in, uh, in contrast to that, or actually part of that, a subcategory of that, is the local church. So the global church is made up of a bunch of local churches. And so uh, just being in Christ and walking with him, that makes you a part of the global church. But there is a need also to be in a local church. But then you got to start to define that. What is that? And so I did a sermon a while back, going through the marks of a church that uh, you see in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and following, and drawing in other places in Scripture. But a couple marks. Uh, one, there's got to be leadership. You see that uh, throughout the New Testament. Paul is appointing elders in every town. Hebrews 13, you're told to submit to your elders, whatever. So there, uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, 3. Chapter 3 talks about the requirements for deacons and elders. So there is identified leadership to the church. Secondly, you got to have uh, teaching. So uh, if you look in the New Testament, Paul is writing letters not to Christians. He's writing letters to churches, local churches. And what's interesting with that is that they had the technology to write words on paper in Senate, and they could have just passed it around house to house. They didn't do that. They came together, and the letter was read to them corporately. So it's not just that you consume the content individually, but there was corporate teaching going on uh, to an assembled congregation. So you have teaching in the church. Third, you have worship. So uh, very clear in both the Old Testament and New Testament that the people of God came together corporately to worship God, not just individually, but together and certainly in the New Testament era, what we have in that is also the ordinances. So you have baptism and communion. And so a lot of people who say, well, I'm just, uh, I do church this way or that way, like ordinances usually aren't a part of it. Certainly not corporate worship, corporate teaching, certainly not leadership, whatever, right? Well, then a big, big category, and Pastor Jerry, you can help me fill this one out because there's a lot under this one, is the issue of fellowship. Like that, that is a big category. And so one of those things, I'll, I'll just start off, is like prayer. Right, So to pray together and pray for people and pray with people and them to pray for you, that doesn't happen for a Lone Ranger Christian. 
What other things come to mind for you under fellowship? Yeah, I mean, when I think of that, I mean, the most helpful way I've always heard is just the one another's, and mm-hmm. that's just meaning the one another passages, you know, as in love one another, pray for one another, bear one another's burdens. You know, by definition, that has to happen with some level of proximity, some level of connection. Like, I can't pray for you if I don't know you. You know, I can't love you if we're not connected. And so, yeah, I mean, we're going to unpack this more and more, but so much for us, when we just say church, it just means a service. It's not, it's so much more than that. That is a part of church life, life in the body of Christ. But when you look at all the letters, you mentioned Paul's writing, all those commands, think of how many of Paul's commands do not happen on a Sunday from 9.15 to 10.15. And if if you really keep time, maybe like 10.20, if we're being right. honest. But yeah, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I mean, th- th- those aren't happening. So so much mm-hmm. of church isn't happening in you know a service, and so there's got to be greater connection you know, and plugged in. And you know, some people are going to say, well, I do fellowship. I have my Christian friends, and we love each other. We do the one another. It's just me and my friends. And yet, if you look in Acts chapter 2, when the church is being formed, they met together in the temple courts and house to house. There seemed to be an organized assembling together as a large group, a large congregation, and then in small group life, house to house, uh, and yet it seems somewhat organized and so that fellowship was actually happening. Of course, then you have using your gifts. First uh, Corinthians talks a lot about that, and in the context was using it in the recognized local church, that you've been gifted, not for you, you've been gifted to serve fellow believers really in your local church. That's pretty clear in 1 Corinthians. So, a whole bunch of things. Anything else come to mind in fellowship? Yeah, not actually fellowship, but I mean, it really does tie in, I mean, the picture of what church is. And I'm glad you started that kind of global and local. Mm-hmm. Some people say invisible, visible church. And, right. Yeah, so in a sense, all... Christians, when you become a Christian, when you put your faith in Christ and are adopted in the family of God, yes, you are a part of the big C church. But as I've studied this more, that isn't the primary usage. The primary picture is a local church, and some of that's just understanding the word. You met, you kind of said it already, but it's the, it is an assembly. Like you think of mm-hmm. back in school, what was an assembly? It's when we all gathered together. Like That's what that word means. We think these are just Christian words, like they're just using words that now adopted a Christian meaning. That's what that word is. Ecclesia means, you know, a gathering of people, an assembly. So, well, and, you... and brother, if I can jump on that, like that's that's really good for you to take it back to school, school assembly, yeah. and think how you would have gotten in trouble if you skipped <laughs> the assembly and you said to them, no, I just met with my friends in the bathroom. We, we, we assembled together. That was the assembly. The They'd be thing. like, um... <laughs> You're in trouble. <laughs> it's, that's not the same. Yeah. So that's what it was. Like, that's the primary definition of church. It is a gathering of Christians together. Yeah. You know, and so. And yet, and, and again, and so there's got to be some art. So there's got to be leadership. There's got to be corporate teaching. There has to be worship. Uh, there's got to be fellowship that we've been talking about. And then the last category I'd kick in is missions and serving, uh, that you serve alongside each other. There is a mission given to the church. Uh, and it's not just given to Christians. It's not just given to the parachurch. It is primarily given to the church, and we are supposed to serve alongside each other in that mission. So with, when, when you roll all those together, your Bible study that you're doing in your, your 
house that you just decide to do. Awesome. Glad you're doing that. Your friend group, your, your, your nap time, <laughs> whatever. Those are all good things, but that is not church. You do not, and I, I say this with love, but you got to hear me clearly. You do not have the right to redefine what God calls church. God defines church in the New Testament, and there are some important marks, and we submit to him. We do not have the right to redefine that. So hopefully that fills in the picture on church. That's right. I think even that, I'm glad you mentioned the serving too, because that's so important. Even as you're saying that, I'm thinking when Paul talks about the body of Christ, right? Everybody is a different organ. And think about that, man. Everybody is called and gifted in a certain way to serve. And just think about a body missing an organ, missing a body part. And so you can't just sit back and say, well, this is good for me. Well, not just personally think about it. Whatever you are, you have a gifting. You have, and that's where Paul goes through lists. Some are eyes, some are hands, some are feet, you know. I mean, wherever it is, your local church, it can probably still operate, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to walk with a limp if you're not there bringing your gifting and serving. Like, we're called to be a body, made up of a bunch of body parts. Like, we and need if, you. Yeah, and if you say walk with a limp, so that means the, the body is missing a foot. And the thing is, none of us would walk down the street, come across a severed disembodied foot and think that is good. And and that is what a Christian is. When you're severed from the body, you're not in a local church. You are a disembodied body part. Not good. It's not a pleasant thought, you know? Like, and on both, for yeah. the foot and for the yeah. body. Exactly. The body's exactly. not in a good spot, and the foot surely is not a good spot. 100% true. Yep. So just, yeah, now that we visualize walking down the street. And people, <laughs> just no, a good. green <laughs> game. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, let me throw this question, because I think that's really good. You guys have defined well, like, what is marks of a local church from the scriptures? But I, I know one of the questions people may respond with that and go, well, you know, and I know we've heard this as pastors, and we could probably do another podcast on it, but I love Jesus, but I don't really love the church. And so the question mm-hmm. is like, do, do, does a Christian really need the church? Like, I get it. What are you defined it as? It's in the scriptures. I, you've given the marks, but do I really need this thing that you call the local church? Or that God calls a local church. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. You do. The, the Bible knows nothing of a Christian disconnected from a local church. The Bible just does not know that. And, and, well, with one exception, and that is when a, a seemingly uh, one who seems to be a Christian, claims to be a Christian, has been excommunicated. That's the only time the Bible acknowledges a Christian separated from a church. And that's not our aim. <laughs> that's not what we're shooting for, right? So, so yes, uh, there are passages like uh, 1 Corinthians is interesting. 1 Corinthians, we uh, just finished 2 Corinthians. Prior, prior to that, we went through 1st. And gives a ton of regulations about worship services. How worship services should happen when the assembly, the ecclesia, mm-hmm. comes together. And what it says, like in chapter 14, verse 26, it says, when you come together doesn't say if. It assumes, again, the Bible knows nothing about a Christian that is disconnected from a local church. The assumption is, of course, you, you need to. And, and so that's one that comes to mind. I mean, in some ways, I find it hard to answer the question further than after defining church. Like, if mm-hmm. you have a healthy definition of what the church is, then that question should be so easy, you know, to answer. The, well, wait a minute, once I understand it's not just about watching a service, it's a part being a part of a family, Legit. well, of course, no human can exist outside of a family. I mean, think of that. You know, if you're, you're a part of a family and maybe part of the rhythm is a Sunday mealtime, 
and you have no connection with the family, and you just ask someone to give you the, the notes of what was said at the family meal. Well, that doesn't even make sense. No one would call you a part of that family. You know? yeah. it's, so when you, I think when you just have a healthy biblical picture of what the church is, well, of course you need it. It, it doesn't make sense when you really understand what a church is. Legit. Yeah. One other passage that comes to mind that is quite common in this one is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says this, it says, And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, a couple times in there, it that Pastor Jared, you already referred to the one another passages. Two of them are boom right in there. And it, it's saying don't neglect meeting together. So there it is, as some have. It's a habit of some, but don't you guys, don't do that, meet together. But it's not just to put butts in seats. There's purpose to it, to stir one another up to love and good works. This is part of the mechanism God gave us as his children to stir us up to love and good works, is meeting as a local church. And also encouraging one another and all the more. So there's an urgency, like we need that encouragement from each other. And that's why, so in our membership covenant, somebody can attend here, all kinds of irregularity they want. But but if somebody becomes a member, they sign a covenant, and part of that covenant is committing to regular church attendance. And that's, again, out of love for our members. Yeah, it's funny, even as you say that, you know, I feel like we're all trying to struck, you know, strike this balance of not being you know, judgmental and encouragement. But I'm glad you went to membership, too, because, you know what, but in the end of a member, you probably should hear that more firmly. You committed to showing up regularly, and if you're not... You probably should feel the heat more than most. And even the other balance I feel like we're trying to strike is, man, to help see people, the need for it, it's not just for us. I hope that verse that you read, and I'm really glad you read it, is enough. Like, in the end, we can argue whether you like it, whether it's good for you or not. God tells you to do it. And it, whether you see the benefit or not, I hope you feel like, okay, wait a minute, in the end, that, that should be enough for us. If a God calls me to do that, then I should do it. Damn. Yeah. So if I hear you guys correctly, you know, this isn't just a bunch of pastors sitting around mics going, "We, you got to get to church." Like we're not. That's not what we're doing. If I hear you guys correctly, it's really this is not to benefit pastors. This is actually to benefit the Christians, the individuals who need to be at church. Legit. So, uh, all uh, man, I'm going to risk saying something here, but if a Christian does not attend church. I believe that Christian is either in ignorance or rebellion. Ignorant of the scripture. And I don't mean like, you're ignorant, you stupid, that's not, but like, you you just don't know about, therefore you have ignorance of uh, what the scriptures say in this area. Or you do know about them and you're just in rebellion against them. So I think you're either in ignorance or rebellion and that will hurt you. That will hurt you and we want better for you. Now, if, if somebody claims to be a Christian, now, I don't know if the person is or isn't, okay, because I can't judge hearts, but, but if the person claims to be a Christian and doesn't attend church regularly, uh, that's usually one who is, in my experience, not as concerned about Christian discipleship. That, that is not as much a priority for them. Now, there are, granted, there are exceptions, but I think that's, that's the rule. So the fact that that will hurt that quote-unquote Christian's discipleship is probably not a big concern to him. It's just not a big deal. 
So that person's Christian discipleship is usually not his primary goal in life. And when Christian discipleship becomes the primary goal and drive, uh, I guess 95% of the time or more, that's a regular church attender. So how's that? I mean, I, I poked a little bit, mm-hmm. but you guys with me on that? Yeah, and I think to undergird that, just picture a severed foot. Just the- <laughs> I don't Just like you. Why do we keep going back? To- <laughs> I, am I, I hope I, is this on record? I don't like Pastor Jerry. You know, no. but the long and the short of it is, we want there. We don't want butts and seats. Yeah, we want so much more than that. We want their engagement. We want them tied into the fellowship. We want them serving. We want them growing. Like it's like there's so much more than just attending Sunday morning. And that's why at times I don't like the phrase on Sunday morning, I don't like when people say I'm going to church. No, you're not. You're going to worship services. It's a small slice of church. There's so much more to it for you. Yeah. Well, and you guys hinted at it a little bit, and I know people listening, I'm sure they're curious because we've, we've kind of we've poked at it a few times, but live streaming. I mean, it's 2024. We're post-pandemic. Live streaming is all the rage. Most churches at least have it. Some churches bank on it as, you know, part of their campus model. I mean, it's out there. So mm-hmm. does live streaming check the box of what you guys have been talking about in the podcast so far? So there, there's a funny trend I've noticed lately where because of the issue that we're poking at right now, that people who come to Redemption Chapel, quote unquote, regularly, but that mean, could mean infrequently, uh, what happens at times in the atrium There are children who come up to me, and they are in awe of me. And the reason why is because they think I'm a celebrity. Now, you guys know that's ridiculous, right? (laughs) Like, okay, Taylor Swift comes to town. Like, that's I know you're excited right now, aren't you, Austin? Like, she's. Uh, I guess we got to go on record. Yes, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. For anyone that didn't know, thank you, Pastor Rick, for being my notes. Okay, we'll put that in the notes. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) But here's the thing. Uh, Taylor Swift comes to town, and, like, everybody knows who she is. That's a celebrity. I'm a pastor. I go one town over. The Christians don't know who I am, right? So I I am in no way even near a celebrity. So why is it that those kids think that? And it's because they regularly watch me on TV. And so here's a guy they see on TV a lot, and they find him in person, and they're like, they're awestruck. And what they're doing in that moment is outing their parents that that is a family that regularly just live streams. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't do it. So the, the, tr- the trend is there. And uh, I think it is unfortunate because, no, I don't think – Live stream checks the box. Jared, do you agree? Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, I even what you said just before that, you know, even with worship service, right? That's a sliver, you know? Right. So in some ways, I would say define what box we're checking. Does mm-hmm. it check the box of you getting maybe a little bit of good content and maybe encouragement? Sure, you can check that box all day. Does it check the I'm a part of this church, I'm going to church box? I think it falls just way short because, man, we talk about what is the definition of church you know, it's not even just worship service. And again, that's most of what we're talking about here. We're talking about just showing up on Sunday. Even that's just a sliver when we're talking about what is the body of Christ in church. But surely that's even a, a tinier box yeah. of what you're getting out of live stream, you know. 
Well, and you referred to earlier in the podcast, we've talked about kind of what makes up a church. And so even if you roll back to that, I said leadership. Well, if you're just remoting in through live stream, you are less submitted to leadership or not at all. So you didn't, you didn't check that one off. Teaching, uh, yes, you can get some teaching, but it's really not the same. Uh, being uh, watching it online versus being in person. Then there's worship. Usually, like, it's not just about a sermon. We worship our Lord corporately together. It's a big part of what we do. And for most people, just standing, like, in their living room in their jammies, like, you're, you're not really leaning in and singing. And, and if you do, it's not the same. It's di- different going to a concert and singing about and along with a bunch of people the lyrics you know, or putting the CD on and standing in your living room singing alone. It's different. So worship is different. Fellowship, nope, you're not, you're not in relationship with people. Mission and serving, nope, not having. You're, you're completely in a consumer, feed me, meet my needs kind of mode. Uh, and then even outreach, like are you then inviting people to church, meaning uh, they're going to also like grab their coffee and get in their PJs and come into your living room. Like that's just not happening. So uh, there's a lot of things that get short-circuited that live streaming just doesn't do. Yeah, it's funny. We talked a lot research and statistics. I would love for like a Pew Research to do that. When you talk about worship, even that we define more broadly, but we're talking about corporately singing together, singing praises. I would love to know how many people live streaming are actually singing out loud. Legit. It's got to be what, maybe... Two percent that are, I mean, and let's just be I honest. I mean, I would say those, you would be. I would be a two yes, percent. Yeah. I'm not you're, doubting you're that, right. but I'm just saying <laughs> in general. The, well, when we know. were doing live streaming during the pandemic, when we were pausing on uh, in-person worship services, I remember feeling that for the first time. Like, I would have never assumed, I, I thought I would be more like you, Jared. But then watching online during that time, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's... It, it was it, weird. It's just not the same. Like, that, singing, like... It's just not. <laughs> I love the phrase that you said, and I, I guarantee you guys can relate to this. Kind of what we're encouraging people to, you know, hey, man, get here more, get plugged in. And maybe you're the one, maybe it's been a long time you've stopped coming, and kind of have you not heard from people that kind of ripped that Band-Aid, you know, got dressed, took off the PJs, got back here and started worshiping together, a part of the family of God. And how many times have you heard, it's just not the same. Yeah. And being home, it's just not the same. Yeah. And you see them experience the fruit of what it's meant to be. And they just realize, because I think that's a part of it. We talk about the list. We just fool ourselves thinking it counts, it's the same. And we could argue why it's not, or you can just get here Sunday, worship, and then remember, wait, oh yeah, this is what it's supposed to be. And it's just not the same. You know? Well, and I think it's that's very broad in our lives. So we're coming at it from a biblical perspective and a Christian perspective, and well, we should. But just as human beings, the way we're so think in terms of uh, celebrating the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. Uh, you could drive over and be with your kids and grandkids, but no, 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 just FaceTime them instead. It's the same, right? Nobody would choose that, right? Or, or uh, you could have tickets to your favorite sports team. Nah, just watch it. You know, their tickets are free. Nah, just watch it on TV. It's not the same. You could go to your favorite musician for us, and that would be... Okay, we covered that. Get a Tay-Tay. <laughs> but, but no, no. you know what? Just, just uh, buy the album and play it in your car. It's not the same. And there's something about how we're wired as people. It's not the same yeah. to just be in your living room and watch it alone as opposed to going and being with the people of God. Yeah. 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I hear you. I hear both of you. I mean, it's, it's worth it to be here, uh, to be in person, uh, worshiping. So when things, I love you guys pressed into that. Now, as we kind of get closer to wrapping this episode up, I mean, you know, we mentioned at the top of the episode, people are listening to this in early 2024. Maybe one of their goals is to, to attend and not just go live stream, but be in person. Like what are some, any practical things you would encourage people towards church attendance as they go throughout this year? Go to church. <laughs> and, 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 Pastor even, Jared's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Teed it what, up for it, my friend. But what you're saying, too, even when we go back to, are you we trying to convince you? All right, this medium isn't in person. This is yeah. could be found worldwide. And maybe yep. you're not at Redemption Chapel. And even that, just to make the point, we're not even saying, get here Sunday. You might not even be here local. If you've committed to this body, then get here. But if not, go, you know, find a church, you know, and... That's what I'm saying. It's not even just about us. We're not begging you to come here. Well, We're legit. begging you to be part of the body. And if I can piggyback off that, for some people, maybe this is their church. Kind of they associate with it mentally, emotionally, but they're not coming regularly because there's something about it they don't like. And I'll tell you what, that's going to happen a lot because we are very imperfect. We're just another church. And if that's true, we release you. You do not have to come here. Go find another church that clicks with you and go to church. Even if it's not here. And, and if, you, if you're one that, like, you used to come here regularly and you're not clicking elsewhere, and I just want you to know, the door's open. We would love to have you back. Uh, whether you started going to another church or not, if you're just not going to church regularly, door's open. Please come. We'd love to have you. And then there's the New Year resolution. Like, you put this in January, so hey, maybe it's a, a 2024 resolution that you make that, hey, let's start, let's, let's see if we can do 52. Yeah. Yep. And I, I wasn't even thinking about this before, but as we were talking membership, I mean, that is a part of it. We always laugh. You don't get anything out of membership, so it's not like a ton of incentives, but part of that is making yourself accountable. So if you're, hmm. maybe you've been on the fence, maybe you've been a regular attender, and it's just easy not to. Well, pony up, you know, like mm-hmm. put your cards on the table. Sorry, Austin, for using a, a, a card illustration as a, as a Baptist, but right? Like put, put your cards on the table. Sorry, Diane. Former Baptist. Right, guys? <laughs> Can we just clarify? Fair enough. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's, that's a part of what it does. You're saying, hey, this matters and I want to be accountable to it. And you just kind of sign your name up of saying someone, no, I, I am committing to this because it's easy if you don't commit to it to not hold to a commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, these have been, man, great thoughts. I hope I hope our listeners, you know, I love that you said this, Jared, whether you uh, are here and local and Redemption Chapel is your church home uh, or you're elsewhere, we just hope you're somewhere in person uh, rubbing shoulders with other believers in a church worshiping together. I mean, that is our heart. So uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts. Any closing thoughts from you guys on this topic before uh, we're done? We'll start with you, Jared. Any closing thoughts? I mean, not the more closing thoughts. I don't know how to say it and just other than hope you believe it of we're not begging you. This isn't for us. This really is for you. You know, we want you to lean in. We want you to experience all that God has for you and just hope you take that step. Yeah. And my closing thought would be this. I I heard it said one time that successful people do regularly or consistently what others do occasionally. Successful People do consistently what others do occasionally. And so think of going to church like going to the gym. We're saying it's not the same, okay, if you live stream or whatever. But, but I also don't want to presume that every time you come here, it's going to be a home run. No, it won't. Every time you go to the gym, if you want to make gains in, in getting in shape, you have to go to the gym regularly. Have to. 
And sometimes you won't feel like it. You got to go anyway. Sometimes there'll be great workouts, sometimes mediocre, sometimes not great. But I'll tell you what, you just got to keep going. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. That applies to Christian discipleship. If you want to grow as a disciple like Jesus wants you to, like you could, like you should, you must regularly attend a local church. Got to do it. Well, thanks, guys, for yeah kicking that topic around. Thanks for sharing. Hopefully, if you're listening, uh, this has encouraged you. Uh, we, we're not here to shame you. We're, we're here to encourage you uh, to get to church, and we hope that's a theme in your life in 2024. So thanks, guys, and thanks for listening, and we'll hope to catch you on another episode of Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.